You're listening to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a $50 welcome bonus using the promo code CASINO50. Smith joins us. Joe from The Athletic. How you doing, my man? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Hey, I'm great, uh, Joe. It's you know, it's it's funny when you you look at the at the wild. Like for the longest time, still when you think Minnesota, you think uh, defense, but uh, they've kind of shed that a little bit. They probably wish they were maybe a little bit tighter uh, defensively. But how much of that is due to the fact that you know they got a lot of youth on their back end now? Faber's playing unreal, but you know you've got Maramis who has you know less than a full season of NHL experience and he's 30 years of age, and then you know another young guy is going to play his eighth game tonight in in in, uh, in Declan Chisholm. How much? of inexperience in your second and third pairs factor into you know how much goals the Wild have given up this year? Well, I think their whole idea is still the whole grit first mentality, right? They still, their, their, their method to winning is not going to be outscoring teams or having that historic game on Monday where they scored 10 goals to beat Vancouver. But I think it's been this year, you know, the goaltending hasn't been quite as good as it was last year when Gustafson had a, you know, kind of a year that you can put him in a Vezina finalist conversation. You know, they've been pretty good, but they've had some, some, some games that have been more difficult. And you also don't have Jared Spurgeon for pretty much, other than 16 games, the entire season. Jonas Brodine, who got injured here at Edmonton on an Evander Kane hit uh, back in the fall, missed a chunk of time. So I think it's a combination of all those factors. Um, ideally, they, they win the game by defending and, and, and finding a way to score goals. Like they have guys up front, like Kirill Kaprizov and Boldy, but um, yeah, I don't think John Hines' teams wants to get in those 6-5, five, 5-4 five games, which oftentimes when you play Edmonton Oilers, that's what happens. Well, it has happened. For, well, there was a stretch where it never happened. The Oilers never gave up two goals, and now suddenly they're giving up three every night. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury's not playing tonight. Gustafson's going to get the start. Um, there's a lot of people wondering, like, the Wild are right in it. I know last night was, like, a terrible situation for them. All the teams are chasing one. But wh- where are you at on Marc-Andre Fleury? If the Wild are in the hunt, I don't see any reason he gets traded. But let's just say they go in a funk here and lose four or five leading into the deadline. You think there's a chance he gets dealt? Well, I think it's certainly possible. That's a conversation that Bill Guerin will have to have with Mark Andre Fleury uh, if it gets to that point. And he said, and he's told us, you know, Fleury's going to call the shots here. He has a no move clause. Uh, he's earned the right to have a chance to choose if that's if there are teams that are calling, which I'm sure there will be teams that are looking for goaltending, like a one A and one B or a uh, insurance. Um, but our, our feeling is that you know Fleury would prefer to stay. He prefer to make the playoffs with this team. I think he's 17 straight years he's been in a playoffs, so that's something he's always taken pride in doing but um but yeah i think i think if if there was a perfect scenario for him to go and play um and be part of another contending team and play in the playoffs and not just be a guy in the in the back behind the scenes i think that that's something that uh both he and the wild would have to consider when you look at a team like do you see a fit like Carolina, maybe like I was, I was trying to go over a team where he could be kind of like a, you know, like the for sure starter. I had an outside of Carolina. I'm not sure I see one. Do you? Well, Carolina has like four goalies right now, right? Yeah. You know, they have a logjam of in, I think, you know, the Jersey struggled, you know, goaltending wise. I think the avalanche might be one of those teams where he won't go in there and be the bonafide number one starter. But if they start to, to split the net or, or share or, have a history of sharing the net a little bit there, then that might be an intriguing option on a cup contending team. But, but yeah, there are, there aren't many teams. I mean, there could always be an injury in the next 
six, seven days, it changes everything. But yeah, there are not a lot of teams that are looking for necessarily a number one goalie. Um, and he's that number one goalie right now with the Wild. They're both kind of splitting with him and Augustuson turns in the net. So, um, but yeah, there's not really many uh, teams that are looking for just the, the bonafide number one. Yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, Joe Smith joins us. Uh, you know, the Wild are one year away from getting out of salary cap hell, the, the dead cap space of $14.7 million. And, you know, they've been competitive. They made the playoffs last year. They're right in the mix again this year. And, you know, Bill Guerin's being rewarded. He's going to be the uh, the GM for uh, the Olympics for the USA and the upcoming uh, Four Nations Cup. Um, when you look at the job he's done, now he was the one who made the decision to buy out both Suter and Parise, and I could probably make an argument, Joe, that even if they had kept them, I'm not sure they would have been any better. You know what I mean? So, in hindsight, do you think that was the right move? Oh man, that's a, a tough one. I mean, I think, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right in the sense that if they would have kept them, that they, I don't think they would have necessarily been going on a lot of runs uh, there in the playoffs. They haven't been since they left. They knew there'd be some pain some short-term pain with the salary cap, not having the same type of roster you could have if you had that salary cap space. Um, they also wanted to change a little bit of the culture in the room and, and allow guys that are younger to step up and, and become leaders and, and take charge in there, which I think that that has happened uh, with the leadership group that they have now. You have you give room for guys like the the, the Favors and the Boldies and, and, and whoever else to kind of step in and, and be comfortable with that. So, um so, yeah, I think for the combination of factors, I think it's easy hindsight to go change your mind on it. But I think overall, uh, it's more about what they can do with what they have now and, and how they take advantage of that cap space and or lack thereof uh, in a year when they can do something. Joe, I'm a firm believer that um, you know, if I was voting today, Brock Faber would be my number one vote for the Calder. Uh, to see a rookie defenseman since December 1st play the most minutes in the NHL, all season, I think he's 10th, but since December 1st, he's first. And I know that that's due to the injury to Spurgeon, but still, for a rookie guy to get thrust in, he's played, I think now it's the ninth or 10th most minutes against elite players in the league. So it's not like he's getting sheltered by any stretch. And he's done incredibly well. Um, did did you, anybody expect him to be this good? And are you surprised at how well he has handled the jump to the NHL as a rookie? Well, first off, he'd be my vote, too, uh, right now for the, the call. Nothing, nothing taken away from Connor Bedard, but for a guy to play that kind of meaningful and heavy minutes in your first NHL season, this is the first time he's played over 40 games in his, in his you know, career here, and he's playing at such a high level. Um, like He's been their best player on a lot of nights, and for a guy who just out of college, that's incredibly impressive. I think the, the, the expectation going in was he'd fill in for Matt Dumba in the top four, but he would play like top four minutes, but I don't think people expected him to have these 30 plus minute games and, and being their number one defenseman um, pretty much all year. And it's just kind of the perfect storm of issues with no Spurgeon for most year. Brodin got hurt. A lot of guys bouncing in and out. They had to have him as a stabilizer on most. He's running the power play as well. He didn't think he'd do that. So I think they thought he'd be really good. He was pretty seamless coming in as a, uh, in NHL last year in the playoffs against Dallas, he looked in a, in a different role, looked really good. So I think they thought he'd be good, but I don't know. I think this year has obviously been a very pleasant surprise in terms of just how important he has been uh, for this team. Now, what about Jake Middleton? Like, is he underrated? 
in your eyes, in you know, maybe amongst many of us around the league, or is he just benefactor from playing with Faber? No, like, well, and he obviously played with Spurgeon before that too, um, and he was a really good fit with him. Um, so I, I think he's a really underrated defenseman in the sense that he skates really well. Um, he's physical and tough. He's obviously had added some more scoring this year than he has in the past. Um, but yeah, I think for a guy on the left side that can play with pretty much anybody, um, and then for what they got, they traded for him. And one of the better deals by Bill Guerin in recent years is getting him and at a relatively low contract too. So um, certainly with the Wild, he's not underrated because he, they know what, how important he's been uh, on a blue line that's really been banged up. But yeah, clearly he's been someone that's been really important this year. Looking ahead to tonight, Connor McDavid has 48 points in his last 20 home games. Are you expecting it to be Faber and Middleton uh, getting most of the minutes against McDavid tonight? I, w- I would imagine so. I mean, I, I think I think Brodeen a lot of times goes up against uh, McDavid, now like in years past. And I know he uh, lost his partner, usual partner, and Zach Bogosian, who's hurt. So he has a really young player in Declan Chisholm there play next to him, but I think you could see some Brodine as well, um, as well as Faber. So that'll be a, probably a combo deal depending on how the, the changes go. But uh, clearly in previous years, it's been uh, Brodine getting a lot of those minutes. Joe, uh, enjoy Edmonton. Enjoy the game tonight uh, and the road trip with the Wild. We appreciate your time. Anytime. Good talking to you guys. There Take you care. Go.